And those of you who are here who have kids, you know parenting is like this ball of embarrassment and excitement and frustration and extreme joy and all these emotions just like balled up into this thing. Uh, we had, Adara and I went to the grocery store just a couple weeks ago. We were down at Paul's and we're standing in line to check out. And this, this guy walks up behind me and he just stands right behind me. And Adara looks back at him and she looks at me and she goes, dad, why is that man fatter than you? <laughs> like loudly. And I just, I just thought, oh, did that really happen? I just wanted to like disappear. And so I kind of just, I was like, oh, just tried to ignore it, tried to shush her. And then we got out of there. And then I thought, you know, she doesn't know any better. She's four. And so I tried to explain, okay, Adair, that's not something that we talk about in front of people. And, um, but that, I mean, it'd be one thing if that kind of thing happens to us parents, you know, like once a month or even once a week. But this kind of stuff happens every day, multiple times a day, right? And the, the kids, you know, we, okay, you need to stay in your bed. It's bedtime. No, you're up again. Okay, this is the 20th time. You're up an hour past your bedtime, and, and I'm getting frustrated now. Parenting is hard. This is difficult stuff, right? So fortunately, we have some help. The Apostle Paul is throwing us a bone here in his letter to the Colossians. And so that's where we're going to pick up in uh, Colossians 3, page 984, uh, verses 20 and 21. Uh, the Apostle Paul writes this. He says, Children, obey your parents in everything. Hallelujah. That's exactly what I was hoping you would say, Paul. <laughs> well, obviously not great. <laughs> Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. So we're going we're gonna to pick this apart verse by verse. So starting with the first verse, children, obey your parents. So obedience is uh, extremely important and also not something that happens automatically, right? If children, like you were saying, Tim, how does that work for you? If children just obeyed, Paul wouldn't have had to write this, right? If children just obeyed us, I wouldn't be preaching on it this morning. We'd all be like, you know, in happy cloudland or something. I don't know. Um, but children, children don't want to obey. They think they know better. We, um, we had our, the last house we lived in, we lived on a really busy street. And it was kind of a cut through street between two major streets. So it felt, it felt like a quiet street until the cars with, you know, 20 inch subs in their trunk went flying through blasting the music. And so, our, also, our yard was probably about the, the size of, like, from me to that row of chairs. It was pretty tiny. And so we would go out front and with the kids, and we'd play in the yard. But the, the number one rule we had when the kids went outside was, you do not go in the street. You don't go in the street. That was a rule we had. And that was, if they, if they walked in the street, we would take them, take them inside, and we would spank them. There was no warnings. There, you, you go in the street, you're going to be disciplined. Why? Because... because we're awful parents. No, because we didn't want our kids to get run over by cars. I mean, and every once in a while, Kale would get this look in his eye and he'd just bolt for the street and you just think, ah, oh, and so you like sprinting out there trying to grab him and, and get him back. And I, I wonder sometimes, you know, what did, a, what did our kids think of us then? Did they think we were like cruel parents? You know, oh man, mom and dad, they're always trying to make us keep the rules. They don't even give us a chance. You know, the street looks like such a fun place. But no, they just, they, they discipline us right away when we go in the street. What's that all about? 
Well, it was, it was because we, want, we wanted our kids to live and not die, you know? It wasn't like, hey, this is just a personal preference of mine, you know? I think there's lots more fun things in the yard than the street, but, you know, you can do what you want. No, it was, we're protecting our kids, right? That's obedience and rules in the, in the context of parental relationship is about protecting our kids, it's about leading them into life and not into things that are going to hurt them and destroy them. And so maybe my kids misunderstood me, but that, that didn't matter. I, my job was to protect them. It didn't matter if they argued. It didn't matter if they thought, hey, you're being unfair. You're not giving me what, what I want. No, hey, I'm protecting you. And one day you're going to grow up and you'll see, hey, this is for your good. It wasn't just because I was thrown around rules because I, you know, have a megalomaniac uh, you know, complex and like to just boss you around. It's because I love you. And that's, that's the obedience that Paul's talking about here. Hey, children, obey your parents because this pleases the Lord. It, there's, there's protection in obedience. Uh, there's, also, there's also huge amounts of freedom in obedience. Um, my brother, I've got a picture here. My brother's got a dog. Uh, his name's Dragon. My brother's kind of a goofy person. And uh, Dragon... Dragon is kind of a crazy dog. And so my brother will take Dragon out for walks. And he's got this leash and they'll go out for walks. And Dragon's always pulling on the leash, trying to go here, trying to go there, trying to sniff that tree, trying to go over to the fire hydrant. You know, he's pulling everywhere. There's no, there's no boundary. So he's trying to just do whatever he wants to do. But when, when we get home to the house, to Zach's house, Dragon's calm. He's relaxed. There's, he knows the boundaries. There's these, there's walls. He knows what he can do and he knows what he can't do. And that's similarly, having rules as parents are important, not just so we can boss our kids around, not just so we can, you know, hey, you're supposed to mind me because I told you so. It's because it provides safety for our children. Having, having rules, having discipline provides safety. So they can experience actually more freedom because they know, hey, within these rules, I'm going to be safe. I'm not going to get hurt. If I, if I don't run in the street, I'm going to be safe. I can take comfort in that. And God, God is just the same with us. God is the perfect father. He has, he has rules that he set out that we read in the Bible. We read the Ten Commandments. You know, do not lie, do not steal, do not commit adultery. Is that, is that just because God has this, you know, God complex? Is it just because he likes to sit up there and boss us around? No, God, God understands that, hey, if you lie to someone... There's going to, and they, you know, it's going to come out. They're going to find out. And then there's going to be this break in the relationship. They're not going to trust you anymore. You're not, you're not going to trust them. You're using them for, for something. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to cause death to that relationship. There's going to be a rip in the fabric of that relationship. And, and same with all the rules of God. And a lot of times we think, you know, it's easy to read the Bible and to think, man, God, you're, you're such a stickler. You're such an old fuddy-duddy, sitting up there, pointing the finger at us, you know, oh, you guys don't follow the rules. No, God doesn't want us to run into the street and get hit by a car. He doesn't, he doesn't want us to experience death in our lives. God wants us to live. He wants us to have freedom. And so we have, we have these rules in the Bible, not just so God can smite us when we do wrong. It's because God wants us to experience real life, real freedom. And, and those are the boundaries that God has set up for us. That's why it's extremely important that as parents, we teach our kids to obey. And, uh, and even to go so far as disciplining our kids. Now, there's, there's a big difference. I know 
uh, in this culture, in this day and age, discipline is kind of this bad word and, um, you know, spanking. Whoa, don't do that. That's really bad. Um, and it's been a reaction. There's been a reaction to, uh, there's just been a lot of abuse. Kids have been abused and, and we see that and we see the effects of that and it's awful and it's terrible. That is not what I'm talking about when I say discipline or when I talk about spanking my kids. That is completely not what I'm talking about. So abuse, uh, just hitting your kids, that's done out of reaction, out of anger. So that's your kid does something and you think, I'm so mad and you can't control your temper and you just, you know, that's all your kid feels right there is dad's mad at me. So he hit me. He can't control it. Now, discipline Discipline, like, like what we see in the Bible, is done out of love. It's me saying, hey, look, son, you can't run out in the street. You're going to get hit by a car. I, need to, I must teach you that you can't run out in the street. Uh, Proverbs, we've got this verse up on the screen here. Proverbs 13, uh, verses 24 says this. It says, whoever spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is diligent to discipline him. If I, if I didn't care so much about my son, I might let him play in the street. If I was like, you know, you're kind of annoying to me. Maybe I'll just let you play in the street and you'll just get hit by a car and then I don't have to deal with you anymore. Right? I could, I could get arrested for neglect if I let my children play in the street. I could get my children taken away. That's not loving. That's withholding discipline for my son is hating him. It's saying, hey, I, I care about my own you know, I care about my own self more than your future. And discipline is saying, hey, I care about you. I care about your life and your future. And I don't want you to live a life that's going to put you in harm's way. And I'm going to teach you. And it's going to be, it's going to be hard up front. Discipline is painful. I, st- I still remember the first time I disciplined Adara. It was our very first daughter. And uh, she, the face, she looked at me. She couldn't she couldn't talk yet. I mean, she understood. I told her no. I told her no. She did it again. I thought, okay, I need to, I need to start disciplining her. So I just gave her a little flick on the hand. And she, she looked at me with these eyes. And her, it was like the most awful thing I've ever seen. She, her face said, why did you hurt me? You've never hurt me before. And um, I just, I almost started crying because I, I was just like, if you could only understand, I, I don't want to hurt you. I want you to, I want to save you from hurt. And that's, that's why I'm disciplining you because I want to teach you. If, you. if you do this, if you keep living a life like this, you're going to experience so much more hurt than just a little flick on the hand. It's going to be, it's going to be destruction to your life. And I, I care so much more about you than that. Um, that was, whew. I'm a softy. <clears throat> oh, goodness. So obedience. We, we, must, we must not slack from teaching our kids obedience. It's, it takes effort. It's never convenient up front, but it, it pays off down the road. And that it helps lead them into the ways of life. So the, se- the second verse we read here, coming on the tail end of that, Fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. Um, you know, you read this and you think, discouraged? Sometimes I'm just trying not to kill my kids. Discouragement is like the last thing I'm worried about. I just want to keep them living. But um, I think this is, this is pretty important, especially coming on the back of, 
of teaching about uh, obeying, the importance of kids obeying, of discipline, not discouraging our kids. Discouragement is a huge, a huge problem. And another word we have for discouragement in our culture is burnout. I think burnout and discouragement, they're kind of, they're a similar picture. So I used to think uh, burnout would happen, you know, just thinking about burnout from adults and kids and all across the spectrum. I used to think burnout would happen when you just got overworked. You know, if you, if you didn't have time to take a vacation, if you were working nights and weekends, that's when you'd burn out. That's what burnout was. It was just being too busy. Um, but I actually, as I've grown older, I've started to realize burnout's not just about being too busy because I've had times in my life that have been extremely busy, um, but I felt, I felt excited, I felt motivated, I felt extremely re- rewarded going through those times. They've been some of the, my favorite times. Just thinking about last year when we were getting ready to move here to the lake to be here with all of you guys. And um, Shannon was pregnant. She was four or five months pregnant. We moved when she was six months pregnant. And so um, it was kind of a sudden thing deciding to move here. It hadn't been in the long-term plan, but the opportunity arose. We prayed about it. We felt like God was saying, yeah, let's go. I want you to I want you to go be at the lake. And so we're like, all right, we had two kids, another one on the way. So we start packing things up. We were packing on nights. We were packing on weekends. We had friends come over and watch our kids just so we could pack and not be distracted. We were, there was a job change for me because I was uh, programming computers full time. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to be a pastor. And how does that work out? And I've got to figure this thing out. And uh, it was, it was really stressful. There was a lot of stress. It was busy. There was not much downtime. And yet I look back in that and I think, and even talking to Shannon, we were talking about this the other day. We thought, man, that was, that was an exciting time. We enjoyed it. I'd, I'd do it again if I have to. Because, because it, wasn't, it wasn't just that being busy causes burnout. I think what happens with burnout is you lose hope. It's not having hope. See, we were, we were busy, but we were full of expectation. There was hope. Hey, God's doing something. He's called us into something new. We're going to go meet new friends and make new family, and it's going to be great. We're going to see what God does at the lake. We're going to serve and come behind that. But burnout happens when you get, when you get busy, but there's no hope. You think, oh, it's, oh I'm always going to be like this. I can't get through this problem. Or, oh, I can, never, I can never please him. He's just never happy. There's no pleasing him. It's just going to happen again. There's no hope. And so the Apostle Paul saying, hey, fathers, give your kids hope. See, with God, God's the perfect father for us. And when we come to God, we don't have to worry that God's going to be pointing the finger saying, man, you should have done better. No, we come to God. It's like these songs we were singing. It's all grace. There's nothing I can do to make you love me more. It's because, because Jesus died in our place. He took our punishment. God loves me as much as he does now, as he did last week, as he did last month. He loves me this much when I was born. I didn't have to do anything to earn God's favor. So let's, let's not make our kids feel like they have to earn our love or earn our favor. Let's not, I don't want them, I don't want my kids to be discouraged. I don't want them to burn out and feel like, man, there's no pleasing dad. He's hard to please. Because once you, what happens when you burn out is you, you quit or you leave if you can't, you know, you quit inside. Kids, you know, kids don't have the opportunity to leave, not till they're 16 at least, till they get a driver's license. 
I mean, maybe they could try to run away. But if, if you get discouraged on something, you quit. It's like if you, uh, you know, if you're on a diet, I know for me, I'm like, okay, I can do this. I'm going to not eat sweets. And then, you know, a weekend, oh man, that cookie looks really good. Just going to have half a cookie. And then the next, you know, the next day, oh, there's some cake. Well, I had half a cookie yesterday, so I'll just, and then, man, I'm never going to get out of this. I'm discouraged. Okay, I just quit. I'm off my diet. You know, that's what happens when we get discouraged. You just quit. So we, I don't want, we don't want our kids to quit on us. Because they'll quit on the inside if they feel like, oh, there's just no pleasing him. There's just, I can't, they'll, they'll quit. Paul's saying, no, don't discourage your kids. Encourage them. Build in courage. Say, come alongside. Hey, you're doing great. Let me, let me help you with that. Let me be there with you in that. E- explain things to them. So obedience encouraging our kids these are these are really important but it's but it's not it's not a formula for being good parents it's not like this okay if i do if i do this if i teach them how to obey and then i encourage my kids then my kids are going to be great and if i don't do that stuff then they're not going to be great because if you if you follow a formula and you get everything right who who gets the praise when things go right well me because i followed the formula I did everything right. Oh, look at me. I'm such a good parent. Man, your kids aren't as good as my kids. You must not be the following the formula as good as me. I'm a better parent than you. No, that's not, that's not what the gospel is about. That's, that's not what, what Jesus is about. There's, there's a heart of parenting that's, that's deeper than just the, the principles. And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back up actually here to the first verse. There's something here that we missed that I want to go back and hit where it says, Paul says, children, obey your parents in everything for this pleases the Lord. I was reading this and I was thinking, that's kind of an interesting thing from Paul to write. I think if I was writing the letter, I would have written, children, obey your parents because this pleases your parents. Right? Adara, Kale, Tabitha, obey your parents because this pleases me. This makes me happy when you obey me. And you know, us parents, all right, we've, we've gone through the ringer. You know, birth is one thing. I'm a guy, so I don't have to experience that, but I've seen it. Nine months of having a baby in the belly and just the, the agony, the pain, the sore backs, the weird food cravings. Having a kid is a lot of work, right? And then the kid comes out and you have to, it can't do anything for himself. You have to change the diaper. You have to feed the kid. You, this kid has existence because of parents, right? We've done everything for this kid, right? So show a little respect, kid. At least obey me. Come on, give me a break, right? No, that's not, that's not what Paul's saying. He's saying there's something bigger than you, parents. There's Jesus. And that's what we've been learning about in this Colossians series. And uh, let me just back it up a chapter and remind us uh, where we've come from. Actually, two chapters. We'll have this up on the screen here, Colossians uh, 1, verses 17, I believe. Um, 16 or 17. Let's see here. 16. For by him all things were created. This is by Jesus. All things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. So the, the big secret about parenting 
the one thing, if you can remember one thing that I'm saying this morning, it's that your kids are not your kids. They're, they're God's kids. They're Jesus' kids. They're for Jesus. You get to take care of them for a little bit, but they're not for you. And I know for me that when I struggle as a parent, when I get frustrated at my kids, when they're getting out of bed for the 30th time and I feel like, man, I just can't, I am so frustrated right now. I just have to go into the other room and cool down. It's because I think in my head, these kids are mine. They're for my comfort. They need to line their life around my life. It's about me. Right? But it's the Apostle Paul says, hey, teach your kids to obey because this pleases Jesus. Hey, don't forget, parents, this is all about Jesus. Jesus was the one who, from the beginning, created, was there with God the Father, creating all things. He died in our place. Jesus had mercy on us. He saw us making all these mistakes, ruining our lives, just causing causing pain, causing death, running out into the street. Jesus said, I'm going to run out into the street for you, and I'm going to take that car and block it from hitting you. That's the gospel. That's, that's why we're here. That's why we celebrate. It's because of what Jesus has done, this love that he showed us. And so as parents, we've got to, we've got to keep this in perspective. If you think that life is just about you, that it's about your plans and your comfort and your job or your you know, security, it's going to go bad because kids will frustrate those plans. Always. They always will frustrate your plans. That's what kids do. They don't follow the plans. And if you think that these kids are yours, that's going to, that's going to anger you. That's going to get to you. You're going, to, you're going to snap out. You're going to lash at them like I do sometimes. These, these kids are not ours. They're God's. And, and similarly, though, there's, there's been this, in culture, kind of this reaction against disciplining, and parents think, you know, you know what, he's his own person. Let him be. He needs to f- discover who he needs to be. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a little bit more hands-off. I'm going to give him some more freedom, and he can just figure out who he is. Well, well, the Apostle Paul would say to that, hey, he's not your kid, but he's not his own kid either. He's Jesus' kid. So it's not, when we're asking as parents, I know there's always this tension in my head. I I don't want to be too hard on my kids, but I don't want to be too lenient. Where's the line? It feels so gray. It feels difficult. Well, it's it's not about being too hard or about being too lenient. It's about the kid being God's kid. Okay, God, you've entrusted me with your child. How how do you want me to raise them? To teach them, you know, teach them to obey. Don't discourage them. Show them love. And and ultimately it comes back to Jesus. To the, to the grace that Jesus shows. The the most loving thing we can do as parents is to point our children to Jesus. To show them that hey, you need you need a savior. Your heart is broken. You need someone to rescue you and to forgive you. And I, I, we try to do this with our kids. They're still young, so I, I'm not sure how much of it's sinking in. But I was talking to Adara the other day. She was, um, was about a month ago. She was fighting with Kale. They had this toy, and I don't even remember who had it first. But Adara started screaming at Kale because she wanted it and he had it. And so I, I took her aside and I said, you know, Adara, you, you know you shouldn't be screaming at Kale. And she said, yeah, I know. And I said, look... Why, why did you, 
why did you scream at him? And she said, wow, it's just, he took the toy and I was just so mad. And I said, do you realize that you're, you're treating this toy better than you're treating your brother? That he's your, he's your, he's your brother. He's your living brother. And you're treating this inanimate object. You're valuing it more than you value him. And she, she kind of got quiet. And then we were later on that evening, she was brushing her teeth and I was sitting next to her and talking to her about the situation. And, uh, and I said, I said, look, it's, it's really hard to, to value other people more than we value ourselves and more than we value things. And I said, the only way you're, you're going to get through this is to ask Jesus to help you. That's the only way. And, she, and, I, and I said, you know, I've, I've wrestled with that too. I've struggled with that. And she said, oh, like when you were a kid? And I said, no. <laughs> I, I still struggle with that. I still struggle with valuing other people more than I value my, um, valuing other people more than I value myself. I value myself, my own comfort, what I want. Now it looks, you know, we're more mature about it. We don't like snatch things and scream at each other, but it's like it's in our hearts. That's the real. The real problem is not the external activities. It's the the problem is not on the outside. Oh, you screamed at your brother. So stop it. If you stop that, then we'll have a happy household. No, the problem is that she, she loved this toy more than she loved her brother. That's awful. But, but we do the same thing. We love, we love ourselves more than our neighbors. We love ourselves and our comfort more than our kids. And, but, but God, God is rich in mercy. It's full of grace for us. He comes to us and he says, look, I forgive you. I accept you straight from the beginning and I'm going to be there to change your heart. All you have to do is come to me and ask forgiveness. Be, be humble before me, God says. Admit that you have a problem and I'll fix it. I'll do the heart work. And so as parents, we have to point our kids back to God. If you just teach your kids, hey, you can just follow the rules. That's what you're supposed to do. We're just, just teaching them to be little Pharisees. There, there was this group of people in the New Testament that Jesus uh, had lots of arguments with. These guys called the Pharisees. They were religious. They always went to church on Sunday. They followed all the rules. They had the whole Old Testament memorized. They knew their Bibles. They were good. And Jesus came up to these guys and he says, Look, you guys, your hearts are like whitewashed tombs. You're like death on the inside. You don't care about God. You just care about looking good because you follow all the rules. I don't, want, I don't want to teach my kids just to follow the rules on the outside and, and let their hearts die on the inside. I want, I want us, I want all of us, I want our kids to experience the life and the forgiveness that we can only find in Jesus. And that only comes through Jesus. We can't do it for them. We have to point them to Jesus. Take every opportunity to point your kid to Jesus, to kind of dig under, under the surface Okay, you disobeyed. Well, why did you do that? What, you know, what made you, what made you want to go against me? What made you want to scream at your brother? What made you want to hit him? But always, always full of love, always full of acceptance, because that's what we find from God. He always, always accepts us. He always forgives us. He has full forgiveness. And so, so I think the best way I know for me, the best way I can get myself back on track. Actually, if you grab out your communication card, we're going to wrap things up here. Just on the back, 
We try, to, we try really hard every week to think through, okay, how can we, how can we apply this message? Because I don't want to get up here and just preach a fun sermon and we all high-five and we go home. Like, I, I, want, I, want something, I want this to be helpful. We want to hear the Word of God and do what the Word of God says. So I, I know for me, when I'm struggling, um, when I feel like I'm coming down too hard on my kids or when I feel like, man, I don't know what I'm doing, the, the step that I can take that helps me the most is to admit, admit my weakness. And sometimes that's to Shannon. I'll say, man, I feel, like, I feel like I'm having a hard time with this. I'm just getting frustrated at the kids for no good reason. Or, or even there have been plenty of times where I've admitted to Adara. I said, look, can you forgive me? I've, I got real mad at you the other day. I shouldn't have got mad at you. I, tre- I treated you wrong. Will you forgive me? And, and she'll say, yeah, let's go play Play-Doh. And then it's, you know, okay, did you understand what just happened? Maybe not. But uh, I, I want her to know that, hey, I'm not perfect. I need forgiveness too. So that when she grows up and she's a parent, she doesn't feel like, oh, I don't have to be perfect. I can ask forgiveness. I remember one of the, one of the biggest things that happened when I was growing up that made a big impression on me. I, uh, in high school, I started growing my hair out long. And uh, I was actually trying to find a picture, but I decided to spare you guys. It was really ugly. Um, my dad did not like my long hair. And so we got in this argument. I was like, Dad, I, I'm a teenager. It's my own hair. What does it matter? You know, I should be able to grow my hair out. And we were fighting about this. And finally, I looked at my dad and I said, Dad, you need to pray about your attitude. And... Uh, Looking back on that, like, if my kid told me to do that, I don't know what I'd do. And I'm not sure what I expected my dad to say, but he stopped for a minute and he said, okay, I will. And I thought, really? Oh, okay. So that was kind of the end of that conversation. We went our separate ways. And about a week later, he came back to me. He said, you know, Seth, I prayed about that. And uh, you were right. I had a bad attitude. And uh, you can grow your hair out you want. And I thought, man, just looking back on that, just like how rude I was to my dad, how, how disrespectful I was. I, I don't even remember his reasons why he didn't want me to grow out my hair. I wasn't listening to him. I, I was awful to him. Um, but he, he didn't take it and react out of anger or out of frustration. He didn't say, hey, because I'm your parent, you do what I say. No, he said, you know what? I will. I'll, I'll pray. I'll talk to Jesus about that. And he, he asked his forgiveness to me. And that, that made a huge impact on me because I thought, you know what? The thing, the thing my dad wants most, it's not me to just toe the line. My dad wants to really follow God. Wow. Even, even when it's hard, even when I'm disrespectful, my dad wants to follow Jesus. And that, I think that's what it takes as parents to, to get back on track. It's not tightening things up. Oh, I'm going to discipline harder now. I'm going to be... No, just admit, admit you're weak. Be honest to your kid. Say, hey, will you forgive me? I, I messed up here, and I want us to follow Jesus as a family. This is a big deal. That's, it's hard admitting you're, you're weak. It's a lot easier to just pretend like it didn't happen or just to like, okay, what's done is done, so I'm going to go on. No, it takes real strength to admit weakness, actually. That's what, what Jesus did for us is he displayed weakness on the cross. 
He, the creator of the universe, he could have snapped his fingers and just obliterated everyone. You know, his, God's own creation spitting on him and mocking him. And Jesus said, no, I'm just going gonna, gonna to be weak because I'm, I'm taking your punishment. I want what's best for you. I don't want what's comfortable for me. I, I want us to be parents who are strong. Who, who aren't afraid to show weakness to our kids. Because, because we don't want what's best for us. We want what's best for our kids. We want them to be connected to Jesus. And the, only, the only way we can do that is if we're connected to Jesus. And we're experiencing his forgiveness. And so that's what we need.